Today we're actually beginning a new series, and some of you have learned this material before, and today is more of an, not even an introduction, because we're focused more on mothers today, but you'll hear kind of some of the message of the new series, Relate, is what we're going to be talking about for the next six weeks, seven weeks, including today, and we're going to lead you step by step in a process of learning how to deal with your threats in life and learning how to deal with the people that are threatening to you in your life. Anytime you're angry, frustrated, hurt, experiencing a negative emotion at all, you're experiencing something that you can take to God. And we want to teach you how to do that because you can't control the people around you, can you? You can't control your husband, ladies. And guys... Hopefully, you gave up on trying to control that lady already. Otherwise, you're going to lose your mind. (laughs) So, relate is is doing relationships God's way. God has to live forever. So, he's not going to make a mistake. Otherwise, he's going to regret it forever. He doesn't have the option of starting his life over like you and I will. We'll get to start our life over in heaven. Isn't that exciting? God doesn't have that as an option. So God does his relationships in a way that is always right, that is always pleasing, that is always good. Always. And so what we want to do is try to emulate how God does relationships. And what you'll find is all of your relationships will become better. Either that or they will at least divide to a place where everybody gets to remain sane. And the goal of this is you being able to do your part so that you can be in a healthy place to put boundaries up in your life and to be able to love, truly love the people around you. Here's what this is all about. This is all about learning how to love, how to really love. I don't know about you, but I've, I've heard a lot of messages about what love in this world is. And it's not true love. And so really what we're trying to do is learn the way of love. So today we're going to start with this. And in honor of our moms today, we're going to try to focus on that. But here's what we're going to talk about today. Doing the one thing. Doing the one thing. In 1979, there was a new, a new commercial that came out. And it went on into the 80s. If any of you are like me and we're getting old, you'll remember this commercial. I think it's pronounced Anjali. Does anybody remember what this was? The perfume. And these women would come in singing, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, right? And never let you forget that you're a man, because I'm a woman, (laughs) right? And I'm going to read these next words. These are the lyrics. I can work till 5 o'clock, come home and read Tickety Talk. I don't know what that was. And if it's loving you, and if it's loving you want, I can kiss you and give you the shivers. Woo, everybody liked this perfume. Because I'm a woman, Anjali. I think that's how it's pronounced. 
And, and, and here was the tagline. This guy would come on at the end of it, and you know, he, was, he had that voice of you know, promoting a, a movie. And here was the tagline. The eight-hour perfume for, for the 24-hour woman. You guys are thinking the same thing I'm thinking. There's another 16 hours, dude. <laughs> Our culture has increased the responsibility and expectations of women so much to the place that they work so hard. And listen, we expect you to work hard. We expect you to look great while you're doing it. And now we really expect you to even smell great while you're doing it for a full 24 hours. And then you just start over, I guess. Ladies, have you noticed that your work is never done? Man, we could just go to lunch right now. I, I did my job, Tiffany, right? I visit with the ladies in the workplace, and they're in a daily grind. They're competing in a world. They're trying to provide for their homes. They're trying to provide for their children. And in some cases, they're just trying to provide for themselves, and it's a, it's a fight. It's a struggle. And what your God has laid on my heart to share with you today is pretty simple, but it's this. If you can narrow your life down to doing one thing, everything else is going to be okay. Because we've placed so much emphasis on you doing more than, than even man is doing now. We've placed so much responsibility and expectations on you that, that God wants you to hear this. If you could narrow your life down to doing this one thing, everything will be okay. Wouldn't you like to know what that is? What's the one thing? And listen, before you, before you just write it off, because when I say it, you're going to go, oh, I've been doing that. Before, we, before you do that, let me preach, okay? That one thing is love. Love God, love people. But see, we get caught up in so much that we lose that and we lose our zest for life. We lose our desire to be there for our family and our husband and our workplace. Whatever you do with your life, your church family. We lose our zest to do anything and we just get tired. I hope I'm talking to somebody. So I want to go to one of my favorite stories in Scripture. And you're going to hear me preach about this one a lot because I love the story. It's, it's just good. There were two sisters and a brother that Jesus was really close to. I mean, he was very close to this family. And, and they, there's a story that Dr. Luke recorded in chapter 10 of Luke. It gives us some insight into these ladies' lives. And, and the story is awesome. You're going to recognize it, I'm sure. I hope you do. But Jesus and the disciples had been invited to come over to their house. Mary and Martha's house were the two sisters. And Jesus and the disciples went there. And, and, and they, Jesus went into the living room and he started teaching. And, and Martha went into the kitchen to start preparing for the meal. But Mary went in and sat down, and I'm going to read the story to you in just a moment. She went in and sat down at the feet of Jesus and just started listening to his teaching. And, and instead of going into the kitchen and, you know, understand, 
making a meal for a group of people back then, you didn't just go to the microwave and throw some pizza rolls in and, you know, got some Hot Pockets. We didn't, they didn't do that. They couldn't turn the oven on to 350 degrees and just bake something really fast. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't go down for takeout down the road. Taco Bell didn't exist. They didn't have those options. So this was really work. So Martha's in the kitchen. Let me read this story to you. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a certain village. That's Jesus. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. It was Martha who invited Jesus in. Remember that. Martha invited Jesus into her home. This, was, this wasn't just her idea. She wanted Jesus to come to her home. Wouldn't you want Jesus to come to your home? And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to the Lord's word seated at his feet. So Martha's in the kitchen, working her fingers to the bone. And while Mary's in the living room, just listening and learning and worshiping Jesus. And and look what it says. Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to him. Okay, now between the word distracted and she came up to him, a lot happened. Things were heating up in her mind. You can only, come on ladies, I want you to imagine with me what was happening in her mind in the kitchen. Damon is scooting sideways, he has seen this. (laughs) She's in the kitchen and you, you can only imagine that she's getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And what does she do? Oops, I'm sorry. Sorry. She's making noise, and Jesus is like, and so I'm telling you, he's getting louder and louder because she's in the kitchen getting mad. Yeah. And and of course, then there's this. And not one of the disciples, not one of these God-fearing men got up and walked in there and said, Martha, is uh, everything okay? (laughs) Anything we can help you with? Not even Jesus got up and went in there and said, hey, what's going on? Is there anything we can help you with? (laughs) I mean, this is hilarious. She's in the kitchen and she's starting to freak out. And look what it says. She went up to him. Now, the words that are used there that could be translated into our language is, is, is this. She came up to and stood over him. She placed herself above him. All right? She's standing there, and look what she said. Now, understand, she's probably got some flour on her face, and Jesus is probably getting a little entertained with her and she comes in and she's carrying a pan and she says, Jesus, don't you care that my sister is in here listening to you while I'm in there cooking this meal all by myself? She freaks out. She says this to the creator of the universe. And what did Jesus say? Martha, Martha. Put the pan down first, Martha. 
Relax. You are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary. Really, only one. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. You know, it's so easy when you're in the kitchen and you're the one working to become self-righteous and to feel like every thought and feeling you've got, you have the right to feel this way and to be angry with what's going on. And then to come out and speak it to somebody that could actually do something about it and to find yourself being rebuked. Don't you hate that? Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? I see heads shaking, but no hands raising. All right, so let's talk about it. First, Martha needed to remember that what she was doing is what she wanted to do. She wanted this. Remember, Martha's the one that invited her into the ho- him into the home with the disciples. She's the one. She wanted this, right? And, and Martha was doing what she wanted to do. What happened? She got distracted when she started looking at her sister. And got frustrated. And she had probably planned in her mind how this was going to happen. And I need her help and all of that. And you need to remember though that your life is your life by your choice. Your life is your life by your choice. You're doing what you're doing in this life because you chose to do it. And owning that is so important. You're with who you're with. Because these are the people you've chosen to be with. And you're doing what you're doing because this is what you wanted to do or chose to do in your life. Or it seemed like the best decision at the time. And what I see happen all too often is when we look around and we start comparing ourselves with other people and we start looking at our life compared to them and what they're getting, well, they're getting more and I'm getting less. And we lose our ability to enjoy where we are doing what we're doing with who we're doing it with. And we lose all of that. Maybe you're doing what you're doing because you love to. Maybe you're with that husband because you love him. Maybe you have those children because you chose to have them and you chose to love them. And how frustrating it can be at times, but when we lose our focus on learning and having the ability to love them, because of our frustrations or because we got our eyes on the wrong things or the wrong people and we started comparing our life with someone else, that's what happens. A while back, I was talking with a lady and she was about to go Martha on her boss. Her boss had no idea what was about to happen and what I saved him from. <laughs> Her coworker was just a nuisance, and it was worse than that. Her coworker was making more money than her, and she was frustrated, as you can imagine. She was working on her days off. She was doing everything she could to serve not just her customers, but also other coworkers. She was putting herself into this business and doing everything that she could, making money for the company, and they were happy with her. And, and she, but here's the thing. She was waiting for somebody to come and rescue her from all that she was doing. 
She was waiting for someone to come and reward her and a knight riding in on a white horse to save the day for her. And she was frustrated and hurting and angry. And she was about to go Martha. And at that moment, she wasn't able to love her co-workers. She wasn't able to love her boss. She wasn't able to love her customers. And quite honestly, she wasn't even able to love herself. She was doing everything except the one thing. Love. She was taking care of everybody, but it was without love. What does 1 Corinthians 13 say? It says, you can say to a mountain to jump from here to there and it would actually do it. But if you did it without love, big whoop, who cares? You could speak the language of, of beautiful angels, but if you did it without love, You've done nothing. And that's what was happening here. And I listened to her and, and finally I said, look, I gotta, I've, I've got something for you if you want to hear it. But I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not going to say it unless you ask me to because what I'm going to say to you is going to make you very mad at me. And she swallowed and her eyes bugged. And she said, give it to me. I said, well, everything you've cho- you've, you're doing is what you've chosen to do. You chose to be here. You chose to work for these people. The problem is, you're taking care of everybody, but you're not taking care of yourself. And what makes you think anybody else should take care of you if you don't even take care of yourself? (laughs) And what's happening here is you're not able to love the people around you. And when you start loving the people around you, even the person that you're most angry with right now, you're going to find peace. And you're going to once again enjoy what you're doing. Because you chose to be here because you love doing this. And you want to love these people. And she's like, yes. Well, I saw her a week later. And she was happy. She was smiling. She was content. She didn't have one complaint. And she said, I understand what happened. I had so many sales going on that I was stressed out about that and I was blaming everything else on everybody else. What was she saying? She was saying, what I was here to do was actually coming to pass and what I chose to do was actually working and I let the stress of it overtake my ability to love. And so often in our homes, in our lives, even in our church or at work, we allow the stress of things to take away the one thing we're supposed to be doing, and that is to love the people around us, to love our husband, to love our families, our children, our grandchildren, to love our church family, to love the people in our lives that are are in our lives every day, and especially loving God. And here's what God says. God says, if you love me, you'll love my people. He says, if you don't love people, you don't love me. Look it up. It's there. When you forget to love God and the people in your life, in your daily life, you're going to become very angry and bitter 
and resentful. Listen, you chose your husband. You chose him to love him. You chose to have children to love them. Don't let the anxiety of raising them take over that. You chose to work that job. You chose to volunteer here at church. Why? Because you love it. Is it going to be crazy sometimes? Yeah. If you work in kids ministry, are there going to be days where you're like, did I make a difference? Yes. Doesn't matter what ministry you're involved in. You're going to have those days where it's just going to be like, why am I doing this? Because I chose to, because I want to love. Love is the answer. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Martha could have worshipped Jesus while she was in the kitchen? She could have had revival. Linda, I'd like to see that happen in your kitchen, right? It's happened. Can you imagine instead of... Or she could have just been quiet and listened to what Jesus was saying from the other room. Come on, it's time to get your fire back. It's time to get your life back. You chose this life, and it's time to enjoy it and love the people in your life and love this moment in your life. It's time for you to get your fire back and your life back and to begin to love your life and to love this moment because you don't know how long you've got it, right? Hold on to it and love the moment. What do you think Jesus would have said after the meal if she had chosen to love him and love her sister and love the disciples instead of being in there clinging the pots and pans? What do you think Jesus would have said after the meal? Boy, he would have noticed what, a, what an opportunity she missed. What if she had cooked in the quiet so she could hear him? What if she had rerouted her thinking and said, Wow, I get to cook this all by myself. It might take an extra two hours, but I get to do this all by myself. And that means that God is going to be able to reward me even more. What a change in perspective. God's going to eat in my house. He's going to eat my food that I prepare. God is going to do this. Jesus, the Messiah, and no one else is helping me. So, hey, I get to love him even more. Well, John, my husband's not the creator of the universe. And my kids certainly aren't Jesus. And my boss is certainly not the creator of the universe. And what does the creator of the universe say? Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. He says, whatever work you set your hands to, do it for me. And you'll be happy. You'll be able to love. Second, real quickly, Martha needed to remember that Jesus always cares. She said to him, Lord, do you not care? You know, that's one of the lies that the enemy throws at you while you're in the kitchen. Lord, you don't care. Obviously, you don't care about me. You don't care about this situation. And here Jesus was physically in the living room and not getting up, coming to see why she was banging the pans and huffing and puffing in the kitchen. He didn't seem to care. 
Our first instinct is to blame our lives on Jesus. And Jesus is like, look, I gave you freedom to go out and choose the people you want to be with and do what you want to do in your life. And if you will follow my way, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a challenge at times, but it's going to be full. It's going to be a life of adventure. But you need to trust me through those things. But you need to own your life and say, you know what? These are the people I have. This is the work that I have to do. This is what God has given me to do and how I can work in my church and all of the things that you do. And own it and love it. Then Jesus invited her to life change. He said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary. Really, only one. For Mary has chosen the good part. What was he saying? He was saying, Martha, we're willing to go without eating just to have a relationship with you. If you were so intrigued, you could have come and sat down and we would not have complained. Where's the food? We would not have done that. You're so worried about all this. All you had to do was come in. Really, only one thing. Love God. Love people. Some years ago, a woman was sharing with me about her monster-in-law. Anybody got a monster? No, don't raise your hands. This woman had gone into a business deal with her kids, the son and daughter-in-law. The daughter-in-law is the one that I know. And she had gone into an investment property with them. And somehow, legally, she swindled that investment property with all of the money they had put into it away from them and stole from her son and daughter-in-law. And this daughter-in-law was talking about how she and her husband had done everything to try to show this mother, this monster-in-law, that they love her and they don't really want the money. They, don't want any, they just wanted restoration in the family. They just wanted to be a part. And this, this daughter-in-law, she would do anything to try to get her attention. She would, she would call her. She would try to go over and, and help her clean the house when she needed it. She would do anything to try to show her, look, we don't want your money. We just want to be a part of your life. We want your validation in life is what it really boiled down to. And she believed that at some point, the monster-in-law was going to go, wow, you're such a great daughter-in-law. I'm so thrilled that I've finally come to a moment of believing that you, you love me and that your husband, my son, loves me. And, and I'm, wow, I've messed up. And, and yes, let's be a family. She believed that that was going to happen at some point. And recently I saw her again and she told me that this mother-in-law had passed away. And when she passed away, she had separated herself so much from the son that he didn't even know that she was about to die. And she had completely shut them out without any kind of restoration or reconciliation. And, and this lady was telling me the story and she started thanking me for something that I had told her years ago when she was dealing with her mother-in-law. And I said, well, uh, to be honest, she referred to it as fishing. I was like, well... After she finished talking, I said, is there any way that you could share with me what I shared with you some years ago about fishing? Because I don't remember it, and it sounds like it was meaningful, and I'd like to pass it on to somebody. She said, sure. So she said, you told me that every time I see her, I'm going fishing, and I need to stop. 
And I said, okay, what do you mean by that? She said, I was casting the bait, reeling it in, hoping that I could catch her and, and get her love and get her affirmation in my life. I kept casting the bait. Every time I saw her, every time I called, I was casting bait. Hey, can you let me catch you? I want you in my life. I was like, wow, that is really powerful. And she said, what you told me to do was instead of casting and reeling in so that I could catch her, was to love her. And that would be just throwing the bait to her and not trying to catch her with a hook and reel her in. Just to give her the love that I want to give her. I was like, man, that's really good. And she said, you know, that set me free. It set me free. My job was to love her and not to be loved by her. And it changed everything. You see, when you're fishing for compliments, those compliments will never be enough. When you're fishing for love, that love, if they give it to you, will be suspect because you'll feel like there was some manipulation there. You can't force people to love you. You can't make people love you. Not even your mom. But you can love. You can love. And nobody can take that from you. Your ability to love somebody, nobody can take it away. And Jesus never said, I want you to go out and be loved. He said, I want you to go love. James David, would you come? So today, God seems to want to bring to account in our hearts and lives the fact that your life is what you have created. Are you okay with that? And listen, if something's not right, that's what today's for. You can change it. Now, don't go out saying that I told you you can divorce your husband. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. But you're where you are with who you're with doing what you're doing because you chose things in your life that you love and is it possible that life has happened and too much is going on for you to be able to truly love it's time to do the one thing Jesus said there's a lot of things that seem to be necessary that you could be doing but really, only one thing that really needs to get done. And if you'll start with that one thing, life will change. And you can be happy again. And at peace. With hope. You know, Martha seems to be like one of those type A personalities. The kind of person that doesn't get jokes. Everyone else is laughing in the room. And she's like, man, what did I miss? 
I don't get it. That was funny. And she was probably frustrated with that. She's on the outside looking in. Let's be serious. There's a lot to get done around here. Why isn't anybody else worried about this? But here's, here's what we need to remember. There was a very serious moment that did come not long after. Their, their brother, Lazarus, got sick and he passed away. Martha needed Mary. Martha needed Jesus. And those serious moments are going to come in life. And listen, it's so important for us to be people of love so that when those serious moments come, there's unity and there's peace. Husbands, are you so busy trying to provide for your wife that you don't know how to love her anymore? If your parents are still living, you're a child. Are you so busy with your life, the cats in the cradle thing, that you're not reaching out to them and loving them anymore? Love, honor, respect. And remember this, people know when you're fishing, love your parents, love your children without fishing. Just give it to them. Moms especially know when a kid is fishing, right? Mom, you look so beautiful today. What do you want? <laughs> Don't go fishing. Just love. Give it to them. Guys, your wife knows if you're fishing, and she'll accuse, it, <laughs> accuse you of it, right? Love her. Give without expecting in return. 1 Corinthians 13, we'll end with this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. What's it saying? It's not reeling in, hoping that you'll get somebody on the hook. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. The call is to love and to learn the way of love. Are you doing the one thing? And you can spend your life bringing home the bacon and frying it up in a pan. Or you can invest your life in love. Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're here today and you've been angry bitter, hurt, resentful. Maybe truly life has not gone your way. But at the moment, right now, it's time to say, okay, God, I lay aside all of the clutter and all of the mess of my life. And I want to love the people that are in my life. I want to love you. 
I embrace that responsibility. And God will empower you to do that. Ask Him for the ability to love your husband better. Guys, ask for the ability to love your wife better. Children, ask for your ability to love your parents better. And parents, ask for the ability to love your kids. God, we thank you so much that you want to empower us to live the way of love, to learn how to love one another and to love the people in our lives, our families, even our co-workers and neighbors. This is what you've called us to. And we get so busy and crazy in our minds because we get focused on the wrong things. Help us to do this one thing. Bless us with an amazing ability to do it. In Jesus' name. And with your heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you need to accept Christ into your life. Do it right now. God, I've gotten so busy and life has become so hectic and I blamed it on you. The truth is I'm where I am today because of my choices, my decisions. And I ask you right now to come into my life and I thank you for a relationship with you. Thank you for your forgiveness and mercy. Thank you that you have purpose, a meaning for my life. Thank you. I embrace that and I accept that today in Jesus' name. Amen.